I'm Edward October, and I'm here at the Octoberpod Ranch in the Great Smoky Mountains. Almost every night here, there's a ghost story party around the campfire. In my family, we believe that scary stories are best told around a roaring fire with a bottle of wine. That's why bold individualists everywhere choose Octoberpod for their retro horror thrills. Our stories are so good because they're told with such care, understated, moody, and above all, chilling. Why don't you join us for retro horror of impeccable taste? Choose Octoberpod. Find us on YouTube or at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod. Retro horror for bold individualists. point we can stop counting episodes at the beginning of every episode <laughs> do you think or do y'all like that i don't know yeah that's a good question we should ask them i mean for us episode numbers don't really matter though like because mm. we're not like continuous not really no because they don't like like you said it's not like well unless we do a part one part two but we'll let you know yeah we're gonna try to not do that for a hot second yeah yeah. Because we, like, did boom, boom, boom on you. and I, But not intentionally either. That's no. the part about it, which is, it was literally just because of how the stories were just so long. So we knew our friend Casey was going to be a two-parter. Yeah, she's a lot. And then um, I just kind of get really involved. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I start researching and then I can't stop. I find books, I read the books, and I keep writing. Oh, that's true, yeah. And I just get that's out of true. control. And next thing I know, I'm like, hey, Jess, so here's the deal. I've got 36 pages. That's right. I've had to tell you, like, okay, girl, we need to, like, cut it down to, like, 12. I'm like, somehow. I'm like, no, everything I've written is important. The people need to know. Hmm. <laughs> And honestly, I totally understand what you're saying now because, like, uh, whenever you're going through and writing this, all this information from the research that you've done, you really do feel like there's nothing I can leave out. Like, this makes this make sense, and then this part educates us about this future thing. Yes. So I get it. And even my husband, he's like, um, you need to stop now. He's like, you need to stop. I'm like, I can't stop. They need to know. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, they need to know, but how... But also we want to leave a little to the imagination, I guess. So then that way they can do their own, they can deep dive if they want to. No, <laughs> I'm here to tell them. You are writing the definitive biography on every single one of <laughs> these people. I love it. I am. And, and this is why I think you should be an investigative reporter. I really do. I'm going to say it. I said it. <sighs> I keep reaching for my coffee. I just need to keep it with me. You do. <sighs> Oh, I do have something just to say, like in general, just as a, a thing to say. Um, for SP episodes, I think from now on what we can do is just say it at the beginning. Hey, heads up, the whole episode, SP, if you're not into this vibe, bounce out. Totally get it. 
I mean, that's like every episode. Well, true. But at least like we'll give them a heads up at the beginning and then we don't have to keep saying it throughout the episode. Okay. I mean... And interrupting the flow. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I forget. Like well, I, I forget. get involved. I get involved and I keep going and then like I'm halfway through the SP and I'm like, oh, by the way, you might want to bounce out now. Preaching to the choir. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, if we just say it at the beginning and... <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> so people have already been triggered and they're already pissed off. And yeah. I can feel the zero star ratings coming through. And right. Like, that, and and how I got the idea was actually another podcast I was listening to. They say at the beginning. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of smart. Because then people know, okay, this isn't my episode. I'll go to the next one. Right? So, right. And then, like you said, I'm the same way. Like, I've literally multiple times been like, oh, shit. Um, so what I just said, can we just SP it? You know. What I try to do is I try to mark it and highlight it when I'm typing it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like make a little note. Like I have like a little note on mine or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So that way I don't get too involved and I can go, oh, by the way, hit that button now. And then I can tell you about the horrific thing I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> this is take your gear up, everybody. But to your point, yeah, we're talking about moms who murder. So SP what we're doing I feel like this is kind of also a little, I'm leading into something else, which is, hey, we're a true crime comedy podcast. Comedy being the key word here. We're not Dateline. We're not, you know, 2020. We aren't pretending to be. We're, no. we, we, the reason why we add humor is because this is how we deal with the shitty world in which we live in. And, yeah. then, and that's it. It's yeah. not to make fun of anybody or victims no. No. at all. No. Um, and... Um, how I grew up, that's how I deal with shit. Same. In my own life, with my own shit. If I'm not sar- a sarcastic bitch, yeah. I, I don't know how to deal with it. I, <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. 100%. Like, yeah. Even at work, people are like, I-, I don't know if you're kidding or not. <laughs> it's too dry. You're like, oh, damn. Okay. I'm like, mm, mm. chances are I am. Mm. Or... If I hate you, I'm not, but you think I'm kidding, and so that works in my favor as well. So let's just move on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But not move on from this. I meant at work. Yeah, um, exactly. But that's how I deal with things, is to make sarcastic, smart-ass comments, because I don't know how to deal with um, things any other way. Same. I'm the same way. And and the other thing is, is like I found that... Sometimes you kind of need a little humor break in some of these episodes. We've had we've covered some people who are uh-huh. awful human beings, and it's hard to even talk about it and research uh, it. So oh, sometimes yeah. you need a little dance break, you know. To and I think that's ooh. why we go on tangents too. Yes, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> tangents, but speaking I just wanted to say tangents. that and say we, if anything, I think try our best to tout that the victims are the reason why we're doing this because. And there's actually a study that came out that said that a lot of people, and especially women that listen to true crime podcasts, are more aware of their surroundings and don't take no shit from people because of what they have heard that people have done to other people. So if anything, we're just trying to spread awareness and also make make it very clear that these victims exist and that they need to, um, and that we respect them immensely, essentially. Yes. Is, is that, you, yes, yes, yes. You're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> I am. And I think by now... If you've listened to us, you probably do too. Yeah, so those are just my couple of things that I was just like thinking about. Cause yeah, and especially when we do our episodes that involve children, I mm. think a lot of times the focus is always on 
the mom and not the children. And I know for me, I want the victims and the children to be remembered because people only remember Mm -hmm. the mom. For sure. And so we have to, unfortunately, we have to talk about the horrific crime that happened Mm -hmm. in order to remember the children. Like I could say, you know, a child's name and you're not going to know who that is unless I say, well, Andrea Yates did this. Right. And then you're going to go, oh, Andrea Yates, I remember her. Right, right. But you don't remember her children's names. Exactly, exactly. And that is the tragedy. Yeah. And then, of course, mental health and all. I mean, we could go into that, but that's the other reason why we're doing this podcast. (laughs) Yes, because that was a horrific mental health problem to where she was not... um, she wasn't set up for success, that's for no, sure. No, no, no. And she, she tried to get help, which is good. She tried oh, many times to get help. She, yes. She was failed on so many levels by so many people. It Truly. is disgusting. Truly. It's it's really hard to, to hear and to, yeah. So, but anyway. Anywho. Anyway. Um, okay. I have a funny story. Oh, my God. Okay. I knew you had tea. So I'm bringing this down, but you're going to bring us right back up. So I'm so I, stoked. I'm going to bring you. I, y'all, I can't even. Okay. Go. I'm sitting at work yesterday. I laughed for probably two hours. <laughs> Girl. Okay. Go. I'm sitting at work yesterday, and I hear a coworker. The stupidest one of the bunch. Oh, God. Is this Tweedledee dumber, dumber, dumbest? The dumbest. Uh, she couldn't We even, okay, we wonder how she makes it to work every day. Oh, hon. She can't, she couldn't find her way out of the paper bag. <laughs> God, I missed that term. I'm going to start using that one again. That's a good one. Okay, cool. I hear, she's on the phone. Um, yes, the name is even spelled E V A N. No, <laughs> no, she did it. Even did 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 what did she repeat it multiple times to them? So I was actually getting up to leave the room to go do something. So I just got my shit and left because I was like, like I couldn't hold it in any longer. I was gonna die. So I walk out of the room into the hallway and I see um, a friend of mine and I'm like, bro, come here, come here, come here, come here. And I, so I repeat it and he's like, shut up. How in the hell (laughs) does this person put their pants on in the morning? Uh, Even? Hun, sweetie, tell me the person on the other side of the phone was like, Evan? I don't, <laughs> no, like, I don't know. Oh my god. Oh, that's some fucking tea, man. <laughs> so this is in the long line of things that have happened, clearly. I, I mean, But this is the best one. You can't this, get any better. This is the girl that stole the dog. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go a little bit into that? Well like an overview of the dog situation, the dog story? The dog story, um, Fuck my work life. They read my dog story oh. on their episode. Speaking of another podcast, hey, yeah, what's fuck up, y'all? My work life. <laughs> um, you know. So, anywho, I, I don't want to tell that story again because you can go listen to it. Yeah, on there. their podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what episode? Oh no. 
Yeah, just JK. You, know. <laughs> um, you guys chime in and tell us what episode that was. Yeah, please help us. Help us. There's so much that's happened since we last recorded. We Push actually had a up. full conversation before this about how it feels like the first time all over again. I said I felt like a born again virgin. <laughs> <laughs> We've been way too into our Patreon series, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, we all know what it is by now because y'all, I mean, surely everyone's subscribed, right? Y- yes. And if you haven't, go because let me tell you. All right. We're covering the Duggars. Mm-hmm. November is Mama and Papa Duggar mm-hmm. and where they came from and why they're the way they are. And we're leading up because, you know, the eldest, Josh, his trial starts November 30th. Oh, God. So, and to be able to find out why he's on trial and why the way he is, you need to know the whole backstory. Exactly. And how what he did was allowed to grow mm-hmm. and let in me his tell brain, you like cancer i got the lucky okay i gave myself i was gonna say like Hello. i i gave <laughs> i didn't draw the short straw i gave myself him to do and um you are gonna find out exactly why he has done the things that he's done mm. and how it's come about so go subscribe, listen to the backstory of all the family members, um, because it's crazy, yeah, and insane. And if you're a lawyer, we might just need you by the end. Did, oh, okay. To explain things? No, I feel like Jim Bob might sue us. Oh, well, that's probably true. <laughs> but you know what? He get it. <laughs> I mean, well, but there's a there's a. I mean, again, true crime comedy podcast. We're just it's just opinions, y'all's is. Well, and you know what? I'm not making shit up. There's no shit made up. Now, we always put our little, you know, little spin, little glitter on top. Mm -hmm. But add the sprinkles. Yeah. But they're not lies. Yeah, they're not, yeah. They're not sprinkles of lies. It's sprinkles of truth. I do remember you mentioning, I'm going to have to stop doing him because for a moment because it's just making me give him the douche chills. Yes. I did have to stop on multiple occasions. Drink a lot of wine mm. to get through just the backstory. Uh, that just makes you think about like all the detectives and things, like what they actually have uh, to see. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you, people. Bless you. You are the true heroes. Oh, jeez. Okay, <sighs> you ready to like really do this? Now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they're ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. So we have the Duggars on Patreon. Yes. Go follow us on all our social stuff. Literally everywhere. Um, like and subscribe. Five star us, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we have YouTube as well. So yes. you can see videos of our fabulous podcasting days. They're so well put together. We look amazing. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can see me without makeup. I'm glorious. Um, she is. She's glorious. Good Pods. Check us out oh. on Good Pods. Yeah. That is an amazing podcast listening app. It is. And it's fun because it's kind of social. Like, you can yes. kind of, like, do a social experience with other podcasters or podcasts that you like. You can, it's fun. You can see the podcasts your friends are listening to. Like, mm. they have a feed, and you can see what they're listening to. That's cool. And you can like, and you can comment, and you can rate, and there's top lists. But I love how they do their lists because you have all the podcasts, like the big name ones, and then you can click a little button that... Just does the indie podcast. And that's where we are. Hi. Find us. 
So yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's just a new app and everybody is loving it. So I yeah, I've, I've got to say some of the best things I've ever seen are on that app. And then also, like you said, you can also discover new podcasts mm-hmm. that are like, oh, this is totally my thing. Yeah, yeah, they have groups. So you can actually like search for a group and then like a certain like crime, true crime or whatever. Right. And you can find... Yeah, it's just great. Promise we aren't paid by them, by the way. I just wanted to say that. We are literally getting no sponsorship from them. Oh, yeah. Or anyone. No. (laughs) So genuine, like, we really like it. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting paid by no one. We're funding everything ourselves, which is also why you should go to our link tree and donate some money and get a sticker, which are amazing, by the way. And help us with our, like, costs that we pay out of pocket for. Yeah. No. And honestly, we think you really, like, dig the stickers we have. And, um, yeah. So thank y'all. Yes. yes. Let us get into, and you're up first. I am up first. And you know what? an SP episode? Uh, Or no? No children involved. Okay. So no SPs. No SPs. Okay, cool. Um... But you know what? We did add some new listeners in a new country recently. What? Okay, this I, this is new for me too. Wait. In Japan. <gasps> We're in Japan? So, ah! in honor of our new Japanese listeners, I'm covering... <sighs> Forgive me, Japan. <laughs> when I was typing this, I sent it all out, and now I'm talking about it, and I'm real nervous, and I'm going to fuck this all up. You're going to be fine. I promise you. Use your inner weeb. Let it come out. <clears throat> Chiscato Kayahi, who was born Chiscato Yakimoto on November 28th, 1946, in Hiyasuku City, Fukuyaka. Nailed it. To Nailed a, it, y'all. To a middle class family. She actually dreamed of going to the university. But her father squashed those dreams because he believed girls should not pursue higher education. Wait. Oh, this is the 40s. I'm, I'm just, that's weird because like nowadays Japanese, Jap, Japanese, Japan is one of the like best educated, best school systems. Everybody goes, like it's, you go to school. Man or woman, you go to school. Yes. Right. So that's weird. Yeah. So, huh? But you might want to remember that. Okay. Keep that in the little back of your little little brain. Note taken. Check. So instead, just Kaya. Come on, help me. Okay, let me, I'm looking. Chisako. Chisako. Thank you. It's all good. So we can. Chisako. Chisako. Got it. Worked as a bank teller from 1965 to 1969. Okay. And that's when she married her first husband, Choshiaki Takamoto. Okay, nailed it. See, you got... I just need to... Yep, you just need to vibe. You just need mm-hmm. to go. Choshiaki became a successful entrepreneur with a fabric printing company. And so during this time in commercial fabric printing um, and... Shit, they may still do it today. I don't know a lot about fabric printing. Um, they use cyanide in commercial printing. So, oh. Chisaka Chisako and Chasiaki had two children, and they were married for 25 years. Oh, wow. I know. That's so sweet. Honestly, it's really cute. Like, I'm imagining her in her little, like, 1960s, like, teller uniform. For some reason, it's, like, kind of orange and pink. 
you know what I mean? Like the 60s had that like mod vibe and then Japan was very into it. Oh, and then they met and they, they were just love at first sight and then it was kids and then, yeah. Yeah. But cyanide, that's not good. That sounds awful. Wait, you know, kind of, didn't they also use cyanide? That's why they, it was called the Mad Hatter is because there was like chemicals that literally made you like lead and cyanide and all that stuff and the dyes that they also used to make hats. I don't know. I think, okay. I don't think they use cyanide anymore. I mean, obviously, I right? Mean, I wouldn't think they would. But like I said, I don't know. And I did not deep dive into that because we would be at 45 pages. <sighs> Damn it, Amanda. <laughs> did you want 45 pages? Did you want a four-part episode? Kidding, I'm kidding. I did that with the Duggars. That's true. <laughs> so. Married 20 years. Got 25 years. 25 years. Two so, kids. Okay. Two kids. And then Tashiaki passed away at the age of 54 in 1994. Okay. Um, he had just been discharged from the hospital after suffering a heart attack when he passed away. Oh. So, you know. It's awful. So sad. Yeah. What's her name? Chisako. Chisako. <laughs> Just point at me. <laughs> Chisako, then, um, so, I guess she was really heartbroken, and she just didn't want to be alone. You're, you're giving off, like, sarcasm vibes, so. <laughs> so, she joined at least 10 matchmaking agencies to find some compa- companionship. There's nothing wrong with that, right? 10 seems excessive somehow. Like, I'm not saying you're not going to download multiple apps to go find the dude you like, but... But she wanted to find the right one. So you need to spread Mm. the net wide. So you're going to be like Christian Mingle. You're going to be on J-Date. You're going to be over here on Farmers Only. Just to kind of like make sure. Tinder. Maybe throw in some grinder. If you're feeling frisky. Let's see where the night takes us. Okay. Sure. I mean... She did have some specific criteria. So if you know exactly what you're looking for, you want to, like... Put it out there. Of course. Right. And that's why you need so many, just to make sure you find what you're looking for. And after being married for 25 years, you're going to have something specific you're looking for, right? Surely. Because you don't want to waste your time on losers. No. Um, So here's her criteria. They had to be wealthy and childless. I agree. (laughs) What's the problem? Um, I don't know. I'm seeing red flags one and two. (laughs) So you're saying like it wouldn't be the fun, cute, like, oh, let's go to fucking, you know, Greece for a weekend forever. Live here now on our yacht. It'd be like, because I'm going to, you know, I, I mean, I just, I mean, we are a true crime podcast. I'm assuming there's going to be a crime committed here pretty soon. No. Um, now this is the Rainbows and Unicorns. Oh. We found true love podcast. Love, we love everybody. Okay. So obviously she's, she gold digger and she's proud of it. She like, it is what it is. I, I mean, done did my time. I mean, I, I don't know. Don't hate the player. But you know what? Those were not red flags for this Gunma native. Who became her second husband later that year. Okay. Is he wealthy? Sir? I don't know. But he died of a stroke in 2006 at 69 years old. And um, honestly, I tried and tried and tried. You know I will hit page 42 of the Googles. 100% to deep dig into everything. I couldn't find find his name for the life of me. Weird. I, I, I don't know his name. So in 2008, 
Chisako. Nailed it. Married 75-year-old Toshiaki Yakamoto. And three months later, he died of a heart attack. Okay. Okay. Now we've got pattern. Now we're at number three. You know, where it's a little... Although they are older men. Yes. So it's like, okay. I mean... Sometimes shit happens. So, But people did start to become suspicious... But the bodies have been cremated, so it really didn't matter how suspicious anyone was because there was nothing anybody could do about it. Is that... I'm going to ask a question. I'm so sorry. Is that common in Japan to cremate, or was it her, I'm going to cremate you? I don't really know. Okay. I I don't know. What's the vibe you're getting, I should ask, from what you know? It did not sound like it was... Weird they were cremated. Okay, so maybe it's cultural, we'll say. Yeah. Hey, if you know about Japan, please help us. <laughs> Honestly, that's actually... some Because some cultures do and don't, yeah. you know, and some of it's like, you know, has many different reasons why, so... I want to be maybe. cremated and turned into a tree. Dude, I want to be cremated and then given a Viking funeral. Oh, I thought you'd want to be cremated and turned into a record, like I showed so, you. So, I'm thinking the record, too. How much of me do they need for the record? Because they can do a little bit of that and then Viking funeral. Yeah, I don't know. I like the tree. Where do you want to be planted? Well, I would like to buy some. So we're going to buy land to retire on. Yeah, yeah. So I want my tree to be planted there and kept oh, in the family. Like Jenna when Forrest Gump. He goes on with this Jenna under the tree. I mean, I don't like that movie, so what? please don't. You don't like that movie? No. Are we going to fight again? You don't like Forrest Gump? Maybe it's because my husband puts it on every single time it's on, just like Every single fucking Fast and the Furious movie on the planet. Last night he was watching Tokyo Drift. Everybody knows that is the worst Fast and Furious movie ever. And if it's on, you just keep going. But I sat down. I came downstairs after working on my new puzzle. And I sit down and he has Tokyo Drift on. I'm like, you love these movies so much. You're watching the worst fucking one. Sorry, Tokyo. Oh, my God. It, Tokyo Drift, though, I was the same as you until my also husband was very much a fan of Tokyo Drift. I was like, that's the fucking worst movie of all time. And then I watched it, and then Han came up on the bitch, and I was like, okay, because they're establishing a precedent when Han got there. So I didn't say it's the worst movie of all time. I said it's the worst Fast and Furious movie. Have you seen the latest one? They sort no. of like punch a nuke out of the way. No, I Bruh. stopped watching them. I really only liked the first one, but after yeah, you've had to watch it 5,000 times <laughs> with your husband and your son, You're you done. despise them all. Okay, so Forrest Gump, he, similar situation. You could like it if you didn't see it like literally every day. Yes. Got it. Yes. Fair, fair enough. Okay. Death. Back to my story. <laughs> Yep. Sorry, Tokyo and Japan. It, it, honestly, it's not a good representation of them anyway. Exactly. It's like... I would beep. visit you in a heartbeat if Thousand. somebody wants to fund my trip. Seriously. Visit our link tree. Yeah, please. <laughs> we will send you all the stickers. <laughs> Tokyo! <laughs> and do like a little meet and greet at a public place. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No private. Right. So... In between husbands two and three, our friend Chisako. Chisako. She was engaged in 2007 to Chashiaki Suhiro, okay. who was 78 at the time. And then one day, Chisoko and Chashiaki and his children were out to lunch. 
Pretty normal. He must have been really wish- rich if she broke the no children rule. Oh, shit. Those were his kids, not hers? Uh-huh. His oh, kids. Okay. His kids. Yeah. Yeah. He must have been making so, it. So, right after eating, and I mean just minutes, Toshiaki collapsed on the street. And, of course, because it was in public, the paramedics were cold. And by the time they got there, Toshiaki was clinging to life. Toshiaki... Chisako? Chisako. I don't know why I can't say that. <laughs> Rode to the hospital um, but Toshiaki with Toshiaki, but when they got there, she told the hospital staff her name was Hiroka. Hiro, Hiro. What is it? Let me look at it. What is it? Hirokoa? Hir- oh, she mm-hmm. gave them a fake name. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're really trying. We're really not not doing that whole white person thing where it's like, we don't know how to say a name. It's like truly something we just don't say very often. Hiraoka. Hiraoka! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Y'all, when I wrote this, I nailed these names every time. Yeah, because you practice them to yourself. I do the same thing with certain names. Yeah. And now I'm nervous. You're fine. Hiraoka. Yep. Hiraoka. Don't be suspicious, nothing suspicious. Toshiaki was suffering in, from internal asphyxiation, but the doctors managed to save his life. Oh, that's a mistake. Also, the boldness. Public place, hun. She's feeling invincible at this part. I mean, let's all be real. I didn't say she did anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't say she mm-hmm. did anything. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was put on life support until he passed away from cancer in 2009. Okay, well, cancer is one thing. That's You not, can't give a person yeah. cancer. <laughs> you can't do that to explain. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I do know that you cannot give somebody cancer. True. Very good point. <laughs> um, but you can't keep a good woman down. And in 2011, there was a new year, new man. Because why not? It's 2011. We're feeling it. A lot of good music out there. He's got some Tayo Cruz. Let's go. Yes. So, this time it was 71-year-old Masianori Honda. And just like the others, it was a whirlwind romance. Of course. They announced their engagement not long after um, meeting. And unfortunately, they wouldn't make it to the wedding date because on March 9th, Masianori passed away. Hmm. Um, so, So, she's escalating now. Well, here's the thing. Also, what does Chisako look like? Is she like a little snack? Like like a cute little like, mm, I look like a little cute grandma. But really, she's a freak. You know what I mean? Like, because she's like getting a lot of men. I mean, they're all on dating sites. Like, That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, I get the con. Yeah, okay, okay. But I'm saying, but don't you think it, it helps if she's a little like, mm, if like, she's cute? Yeah. Um. So, they had met at the store. And then he left alone on his motorcycle. Like, they met there, and then... Okay. You know, like, um, how, you've met your husband somewhere. Oh, for sure. And then you have to leave in your own car uh, or yeah, whatever. vehicles, of course. Um, yeah. So, when he left alone and drove away, he just happened to lose consciousness while he was driving, and he fell off his motorcycle. He was rushed to the hospital, um, but then died two hours later. What? At the hospital because you know he f- became unconscious while driving a motorcycle, wrecked, and 
Jeez. I'm sure he wasn't wearing a helmet. Also, how old is this guy? 70-something driving a motorcycle? 71. Okay. Maybe he's the little snack. <laughs> this is adorable older man. He's taking care of himself. Mr. Steve I don't know girl. what's going on in Japan, but I need to go there now. Clearly, because they're like getting it. You yeah, know, they're all in. And this is recent. This is 2011. It's not like 65 or something. Yes. Damn. Okay. We're adding them to our world tour. Yeah. Okay. It's happening for sure. Yes. Yes. So Chisako, shockingly enough, had not been faithful to Masanori. Just him or? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, this one she hadn't, I mean, she hadn't cheated up to this point but oh now she had been cheating on him oh okay this is new for her got it mm-hmm. you know she just thinks she's all that in a bag of jeeps you know maybe she is maybe she is <laughs> maybe she's doing some sort of like pinky thing or you know i don't know i don't know so up next we have 70 year old 75 year old hinoryu hiyoko hiyuki Yes, Hinoryu Hiyoki. Nice. Thank you. And he was a lung cancer survivor. Okay. Um, when he started dating... Chisako. Chisako. But um, he actually relapsed and the cancer returned. Oh, hon. Um, but the radiation was working. Oh. So he went back into remission. And then one night before dinner... Hinori took his health supplements and because um, he was on, you know, supplements oh, yeah. and things like that. Because vitamin deficiencies mm-hmm. and new, who knows, a yeah. number of things. Trust me, when you have things, you take a lot of pills for a lot of things. Um, so, But then after dinner, he collapsed. And I'm giving Chisako a gold star because she called the ambulance. Okay. This is interesting. So... I'm just going to say, if it's not her, it's flipping my hair a little bit, then she gives a shit. If it's her, she's like, well, yeah. She called the ambulance. Hmm. Um, I wonder who called the ambulances the other times. People. Not her, I'm sure. No. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after she gave the hospital a fake name last time and... I just wouldn't think she would give a shit enough to call an ambulance. But so the paramedics arrived and Hinoru was breathing painfully and gasping. So maybe I spoke too soon about her giving a shit. Oh. Because she told so many lies to the paramedics. She told them he didn't have any family and then he had terminal cancer when in fact he had children and he was in remission. Dude, what is she doing? And then she refused to give the paramedics permission to resuscitate him. What? And two hours later, he was dead. Oh, is that a thing? Can you can you deny that? You can't deny that. Can you? Well, de- I guess in Japan you can. What? So that feels weird. You know, you can have a do not resuscitate. Yes, right? of course. So. I guess if she told them he had no children and she was the only person to speak for him, if she told them 
you can't resuscitate him. They legally cannot resuscitate him. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So two months later, Little Miss... Chi-Chi. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I didn't I, have anything either. <laughs> I had nothing, and I'm really disappointed in myself. It'll, it'll come to you later. Don't worry. We'll, we'll oh, get there. <laughs> I'm disappointed. She got married again. Dear, dear Lord Almighty. See, Iseo Kaye... Kakehai? Kakehai? Yeah. And on so. December 28th, 2013, Is. Iseo passed away at the age of 75. Mm. The police were about to close the case as natural causes, but you know, there's always that one detective. Yep, who's like, eh. he was like, yeah. hold up, wait a minute. And an autopsy was performed. Yeah, that's right. Where they found traces of cyanide. There it is. I knew it. I fucking knew that. November 2014, the police went to. Chisako. Chisako's home in Kyoto and Osaka, where they confiscated capsules and wafers used to wrap powdered medicine and books about drugs. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So here's some fun facts that I didn't tell you. Oh. In 2007, Ch- Chisako... Mm-hmm. Was hundreds of thousands of pounds in debt. There it is. Oh my god, I knew it. So there's a dollar thirty-seven to one pound here in America. <laughs> so that's still hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, it's still lots and lots of money, yeah. Tashiyaki Suhiro had traces of cyanide in his blood. Mmm. When Masanori passed away on his motorcycle wreck, Chisiako inherited 16 million yen. Oh my god. Which is $140,000, That's a... Damn. How did she... Wow. Okay. It is also believed that Chisako had replaced the real ingredients of Minoru, Minoru's supplements that he mm. took before dinner with cyanide. Fucker. That's so mean. <laughs> Chisako actually confessed to killing Iseo because he gave money to other women, but none to her. Oh. She recanted this confession and said she didn't remember saying it. Uh-huh. I wonder if they can do the thing in Japan where if they link you to one of the crimes that you're, you know, accused of, that they can then link you to every single other one because of, like, smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So, it was never confirmed the exact amount of money Chisako inherited from her lover's deaths, but it's estimated to be about 500 million yen, which is $4,385,388. That's fucking crazy. She would convince them to list her as their beneficiary on their insurance policies. Ah. So, when Chisako was questioned about her crimes, um, what did I type? <laughs> oh. Um, I do that all the time, too. I'm going to say denied 
I don't know, something to murder claimed her innocence, changing her story several times. Um, so she basically was saying, like, I never did it. Yes. And, oh, this is what really happened. And that That's story really would change. Happened. And this is what really happened. So, 40 times. You're like, okay, sure. This is what her lawyer said. Her lawyers claimed she was suffering from dementia and can't be tried for the crime she was accused of. Because remember, she couldn't remember confessing. Oh, yeah. No. I, I, I don't remember. But she's smart enough to figure out how to sneak, to not only get drugs and drug books, cyanide pills from people, multiple doctors, I'm assuming. And, and switch. And switch certain yeah. medicines <laughs> out at consistent times and in certain places. But yet... She has dementia. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 So Cute. in 2017, Chisako went to trial. And it was actually one of the longest trials in Japan's history. Really? Yeah. Was it two days? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she was found guilty of murdering three men and attempting to murder a fourth and sentenced to death by hanging. Oh, they, they they don't play. They they hang themselves. Okay, they don't play. They do not play. In June 2021, so just this year, Whoa. her defense appealed the decision, but the appeal was rejected. Oh shit! And that is Chisako, the Black Widow of Japan. Oh hell yes, girl! That was a good one. Oh the- my god. That was so good. That's for you, Japan. Sorry, I butchered all your names. <laughs> we'll do better whenever we like live there full time. I know. didn't say I was gonna live there full time. Well, it's one of our many homes. Oh, okay. So, I'm saying, so we'll like live there, and then we'll like come back to the states. And then we'll have like houses in like the Caribbean and stuff because you know, beach. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was awesome. That was so good. <laughs> you have to show me a photo of this woman. I need to see what she looks like. Because I'm just like, how can, what is, I'm not saying it's all based on looks, we all know, but it helps if you're a little cute to get people to do what you want. Now granted, they are older men who are on dating websites, so they're probably not as picky. And they were older. Oh my, she's a cutie, dude. Yeah, she's cute. So this was her when she was younger. Oh God. That's her when she was older. Honestly, she glowed up. Am I wrong? Little glow up. No, you're not wrong. But remember, she wasn't allowed to get an education. She worked as a bank teller and she got married young and she was married for 25 years. And then she's like, I paid my dues time from Chisako to be Chisako. And that is a fucking Black Widow. Yeah. God, good one. I like this picture because it has. Um, a spider went behind her and look oh, at the cyanide yeah. pills. I love that. That was some creative shit. Yeah, CNN. Oh, that was CNN's graphic? Oh, wow. Yeah, whoever is on the graphics department for CNN like went in on that one. But you should have gotten a picture of her with her face up. Oh, maybe she's bowing. You think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like at the middle of the spider web is... Like is, that yeah. picture, but with that... Yeah. Call me CNN. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you. We, we'll help you out redo it for you oh my god hire me in your marketing department (laughs) cnn we're fine promise Uh, are you ready to get into the star mom this week of course i am because i just did a black widow 
Uh, with no SPs. No SPs. There was no sexual assault. Nope. There was no alcoholism. Mm-mm. There was no abuse. No children. Well, they're children, but they weren't involved in the crimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first time ever. I know. Well, my mom is an SP episode. <laughs> You're supposed to bring us up, not I, take us down. I am. I am going to bring us up. And trust me, she's totally worth it. So SP for the star mom. Um, and the SP I is... I was bringing it home. I know. I'm bringing it home. Well, let's go. Her, I'm going to go talk to you today about Waris Dire. Have you heard about her? No. Okay. Google her face real quick. Because you'll probably like, hmm. I, I don't know how to spell that. W-A-R-I-S. And then last name D-I-R-I-E. You might recognize her. Oh. Um, so she is a model and activist who is still making waves to this day. So... Morris was born in 1965 in Galkayo, Somalia, to a large family of 12. 12. Whew. Her name means desert flower. Oh. Pretty, right? Yeah. So she, in Somalia, she took care of her family's herd and helped them try to bring in enough food and water just for them to survive. I mean, poverty, 12 people. Well, yeah, plus. of course. It's insane. Um, and... At the age of five, she had a life-altering event where she was forcibly circumcised, um, female genitalia mutilation, um, which I'm going to be saying FGM from now on because, for one, it's easier to say, but also, obviously, it's awful. So, and I did a little bit of research on this because I was kind of curious to see how prevalent this still is and was, and it's not... It's insane. Yes. According to UNICEF, at least 200 million women and girls alive today in 30 countries have had this done to them. Um, UNICEF says in many of the countries where FGM is performed, it's a deeply entrenched social norm rooted in gender inequality where violence against girls and women is socially acceptable. The reasons behind the practice vary. In some cases, it's seen as a rite of passage into womanhood. Others see it as a way to suppress a woman's sexuality. Many communities practice this in the belief that it will ensure a girl's future marriage or family honor, you know. Yeah. Some associate it with religious beliefs, although no religious scriptures require it. Of course they don't. So, it's, yeah. I I will go off on tangent. Keep going. It's, I know. I know. That's why I'm, I was like, hey, SP mom. <laughs> so, Just go. her life started off pretty traumatic, obviously, and at age 13... She was arranged to be married to a 60-year-old man. She ran away through the desert of Mogadishu from where she lived, 448 miles away from her home. Holy shit. Yeah, she was like, yeah, fuck all of that. I'm done with all of this. Just pretty much all of this is disgusting, so no. Um, And she was very fortunate. She got to stay there with some of her relatives, but her you know, OG mom and dad were not happy about this. Because unfortunately, they believe that's right. That was the right thing for their children. Well, I mean, that's... Unfortunately, that's what they believe. That's their culture. They didn't know any better. Right, right. And it's... Yeah, exactly. So one of her uncles, 
who's a really good man, and was the Somali ambassador to the UK at the time, was looking for a maid. And she saw her way to stay, essentially, in Mogadishu, and then also be able to get the hell out, yeah. you know? So she and an aunt convinced him to hire her and take her to London, which he did. After his four years were up, she stayed illegally and just tried to survive. Because she's like, I am not going back. There is zero yeah. chance of that. Um, and, you know, London's expensive. So it took her a little bit, being in some shitty housing. Eventually, she found a YMCA. And she cleaned a local McDonald's while she learned English. I mean, I don't know a lot about the YMCA. But what? Okay, YMCA here. Mm-hmm. We had... You know, Robin Lee, who worked at the YWCA. Yep, yep. Before she burned it, tried to burn it down. So they sound like a good organization. They are. Um, I remember as a kid in um, San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo, Texas, the YMCA was a pretty big place to not only convene and have parties and do that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. with kids but it was also like that they gave back to the community they housed like homeless people like basically think of it like it's an open door if you need a place to stay we'll give you a shower and a clean bed you know for the night yeah essentially i, I just don't know a lot about them besides like they have a gym and they have like kids sports right you know like you my boys played soccer there when they started playing soccer before we moved them somewhere else but I yeah. don't know a lot about what else they do yeah we'll have to look more into them but they're mm-hmm. a good organization I agree from what I've seen of them and it's pretty cool especially because like it is that whole just here to help yeah yeah so in 1983 Warris at the age of 18 got a chance encounter this is literally the seize the person story which is crazy where a woman saw her and referred her to famous photographer Terrence Donovan. They thought she had a great look, and his photos launched her modeling career. At the time, there were a lot of companies that didn't want black models. Shocking, and unfortunately, I still hear it happens today. But in four short years, in 1987, along with Naomi Campbell, she was in the Pirelli calendar, uh, which at the time, and to this day, is pretty huge. Um, it features the most beautiful women in the world and is given exclusively to Richie Riches. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because I was like, oh, can you get I, one? I have one. Oh, of course you do. I'll show it to you later. Oh, my God. So jealous. Um, so obviously she went from nothing to, holy shit, you're in the Pirelli calendar. You're like the it girl. Yeah. You know? She got contracts for Revlon, Chanel, Levi's, L'Oreal, was in Elle, Glamour, and Vogue, and that same year was in the James Bond film, The Living Daylights, with Timothy Dalton. Oh my god. I want this picture. It's gorgeous. Framed on my wall. I agree. We can totally, let's do it. Let's get it printed out. Let's put it in the office here. She's, like, when I saw her face, when I was looking up Star Moms, I was just, like, so drawn to her. I don't know. It sounds yeah. weird. Not in like a sexual way, but just like a, she just seems like such a kind person inside. She's beautiful inside yeah. and out. Like this picture, like you see this mm-hmm. and I'm like, I could sit down and have coffee with her and like, she'd be my best friend. Right. Sorry. No, no. Not, no she'd be the taken. third best friend. No, seriously. That's what I'm thinking. It's insane. Like she just seems. And that I do. I want it on my wall. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean. Think of that. Like, so she went nothing to the top of the market before she was 23, which was huge. So a lot of these photos are from when she was very young. 
Um, she even had a documentary about her life made and the BBC in 95 titled A Nomad in New York. So in 1996, she started speaking about FGM to Laura Ziv at Marie Claire magazine, you know, and it was just a normal interview piece and got brought up. During the interview, she explained that both her and her two sisters had also undergone this procedure. And when after this interview was in the magazine, the UN took notice because that's like a huge thing for like a model of her caliber to say like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, so she was appointed as the UN Population Fund Special Ambassador for the Elimination of FGM in the mid-90s. And so that was kind of the the end of her modeling career and the beginning of her activism. Yeah. Like it just kind of changed her whole world. So, okay, I had to just kind of take a pause for myself because I also wanted to know the answer to this question. Men get circumcised, what's the difference? Oh, so, there's a big difference. Yeah. I wanted to know exactly why. So according to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health, male circumcision is done for cultural or religious reasons, but FGM reflects an underlying message about the status of women and an intention to affect their sexual function and behavior. Importantly, male circumcision does not intend to affect the male's future sexual behavior or communicate a lower status of males. Combined with the minimal medical risk and potential of medical benefit, Male circumcision has far fewer consequences than FGM. So it is a practice that harms women by causing suffering and potentially long-term medical problems and without redeeming medical benefits. The complications of FGM far outweigh any benefits and women should be counseled appropriately. So big difference, Mm -hmm. big difference. So she started traveling because of this new UN kind of ambassadorship and even went back home to visit her mom raising awareness of this issue, and her goal was to prevent future generations of women having to go through what she did. In her native Somalia, an estimated 98% of women had this done to them. And on her travels, um, she told about her procedure and what was done without anesthesia and the short and long-term complications. Excruciating, you know? It's your the rest of your life. In 1998, when she was 33, she wrote her autobiography, Desert Flower, The Extraordinary Journey of a Desert Nomad. Instant success. I mean, Did you read it? I haven't yet, but I want to throw it in the... I need to. I need to. It's going to be on my giant bookshelf, all these like millions of books I need to read. I'm going to need you to remind me to make that one of our Sunday books. Okay, yeah. No, absolutely. So over 11 million copies have been sold worldwide. And she also released other books like Desert Dawn, Letter to My Mother, and Desert Children. So um, yeah, we'll definitely have to put that on our list. I'll Um, forget. You'll have to remind me. (laughs) No worries. In 2002, she founded the Desert Flower Foundation in Vienna to raise awareness and collect money for the survivors. Yep. Remind me. I will. During this year, she received the um, Korean Literature Prize. This is a German prize awarded to German and international authors for excellent literary achievements and their recognition by the public. Germany loves her, by the way. Like, they love her. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. That's Um, weird. (laughs) I mean, you just... You wouldn't think. Well, because, like, we think... I don't see a connect. I think it's because of that. I think it's because of the Nazism, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're way more aware of the bullshit that people can do to each other. And so because of that, when they see someone standing up for the good, the right thing, they're a thousand percent behind that person. Yeah. That's what I think. Because, I mean, their education system alone teaches them that that's 
nothing to be repeated. Right. You know? So when they see, like, I want to say incorrectness, but that's not the right. That's not injustice. Yes, injustice. They are going to latch on to that. Yeah, that's what I think. This is the the, from what I understand of how they have treated that part of their history. So that's what makes sense to me, you know, because like some of the the awards I didn't even. She has so many. I had to like cut like you. I had to cut a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. So, yeah. So in a. She also received the World Social Award by Mikhail Gorbachev in 2004 at the Women's World Award Gala in Hamburg, Germany. So, yeah, crazy. Um, She has had Austrian citizenship since March 2005. In 2006, she spoke to members of the EU about this crisis. They put it on the agenda, and they had laws and preventative measures put in place into many European countries. She also spoke to Al Jazeera about it. Which, um, yeah, going to the heartland of this issue and speaking publicly in 2007 on a massive RizCon talk show, take some balls. Yeah. Yeah. So she, oh, uh, since 2009, she's been living in Gdansk, Poland. Help me. I'm, I'm hoping that's right. And has two sons, um, Alik and Leon pretty private so i'm not really sure how old they are you know yeah that whole thing so i get it um in 2009 a film based on her book desert flower came out with an ethiopian supermodel laia kebede playing her did you watch it no not yet i know i did i told you i didn't do all my homework i know now we have things to watch together um in 2010 she was awarded uh, excuse me appointed ambassador of peace and security in africa 2013, founded the Desert Flower Center for the Holistic Treatment of Survivors. 2016, her foundation then focused on education in Africa, tried to save a thousand girls from this. And 2019, it started construction on three desert flower schools in Sierra Leone. So there's like ridiculous numbers of awards, like Woman of the Year, Korean Award, Women's World War. I mean, like that she's won. I could literally keep going. Um, but we'll link like everything like that that she's done on our yeah. website. Go go check out our website blog. It has like all of our little episode synopsises and all the links to our sources and everything else. So, yeah. So here's a little fun fact. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. Hi, I didn't really ever said that before. So no, nobody else knows that. <laughs> no, no, she even no. the tattoo. No, I of course I do. I mean, hello. So though she is not related to Iman, David Bowie's Somalian wife. Her mom was good friends with her aunt, Imam's aunt. So they kind of knew each other tangentially, but not like, I don't know. That was really cool. I was like, oh my God. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. you could connect. Hey, you know, it, I just got to get there somehow. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all six degrees from David Bowie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we just got to dig hard enough. Even to white Willie over here. Yeah, you know it. But yeah, that's Waris Dure. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she was freaking fascinating. Like, ah, it was good. It was good to learn about her. Now we have to read those books and watch. Watch those movies. Go, go to all the charity websites. Uh-huh. Give a lot of money. Yep. Do all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the things, everyone. Exactly. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Yes. And we will see you next Tuesday. All right. Okay. Bye.
Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.